0: The magic Mike show where you hear the experts speak the magic Mike show tune into the show every week the magic Mike show you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by racingdudes.com
1: what's up everybody mike samich here we got a special guest today since we're going to Oklahoma, i figured we bring in the man the myth the legend aaron halterman himself aaron how's it going buddy great introduction i love it i've
0: got it's going great after this uh yeah i Listen, it's gonna be fun, man. You brought in the Oakland guy. I will be there for these races, so that will be kind of cool to watch the ticket come in there live. You don't get that very often anymore. It feels like you're watching from home all the time. So, yeah, excited to be here, man. And I think um, we have a sequence that is interesting. Let's let's say that.
1: Yeah, it is. It is interesting. Obviously, uh, the, uh, the the rebel going to be the, the key race here. Great. two five million dollars on the line there. A bunch of three year olds running in that one. Timberlake, the return here is going to be the big story there. Interesting what you're going to do with that horse. I'm excited to talk about that race specifically. But before we do it, let's talk about the sequence as a whole. How many favorites are going to win on Saturday? Because there's going to be f- at least four heavy favorites in the five races. I think two. You're going to go two i think um, two yep i'm i'm scared it could be three i don't think all four will win no. in the first race really that's it's a there's two clear horses that you're deciding from and then do you want to use prices around them or not i i have a feeling the last race could be won by a favor which i think you're going to agree with me on that one i'm not a big timberlake fan though are you a big timberlake fan not really but <laughs> we'll talk about that race when we get
0: there it's I am. I was very curious how you're going to handle the two Brad Cox uh, horses in the stakes races. So I think that'll be a fun discussion. But your question to Timberlake, no, I'm not really a fan. Who am I a fan of in that race? Nobody,
1: really. Yeah, that was kind of my problem. I am 100% let's fade the crap out of Justin Timberlake here. And uh, it was hard to figure out who I was going to fade it with. So we'll we'll see what happens when we get there. Before we do it, though, Saudi Cup coming up this weekend. Full field of 14. I, I know... A horse that I used to love, that you now love, is in that race. It's a phenomenal race, to be honest. Like, every single older male that you really would want there is there. Who are you going with in the Saudi Cup?
0: I went with White Barrio. Yeah, your boy. You started him, and then you left him and when he got a good trainer. And then I hopped on. So it's weird. Now, listen, I, I think this is a big-time challenge for him. But really, though, a mile and eighth going one turn, oddly enough, that's what it is. That really should be right up his alley. So I think he's going to run pretty big. To me, dude, I mean, if he keeps running these races like he has been the last two, I think he's a little bit better in the field. But this is a tough spot, and you just never really know uh, how they're going to run when they go
1: overseas. But I'm, I'm on Wide Barrio once again. And so we talked about the Japanese horses a bunch last year and a bunch heading into this race. We've got two in this spot, including, including Ushba DeSoro, who I liked a little bit when we saw him last. Do you think either Japanese horse has a shot at winning the race? Big time. I, I like Dermasodagate quite a bit in this one. I almost picked
0: him to win it. Uh, Ushba Tesoro I was on the fence with, but Dermasodagate, I think he's the real deal. You look how he ran at the Breeders' Cup, man. It, it felt like he was going to get to Barrio there at one point. That was off a long, long layoff. I think he's going to be loaded for a pretty big race. And the one thing you got to pause with with Japan horses, and we've seen this, right? Sometimes it's the one you don't see coming that wins these big races, and they've got a couple other ones in there to keep an eye on as well, so you got to respect them. I like Sodagate the
1: best. I'm, I'm still on the Ushba train. I, I think Ushba's going to run big here. We'll see what happens. I uh, have not actually picked the race yet. I probably will end up betting it, though, because it is a great betting race, and if you want to go against National Treasure, if you want to go against White of Barrio, you're going to get a price from pretty much anybody else.
0: Yep, no, there's no doubt about it. And you know, National Treasure is 8-1 to one on that morning line. There's no way that's going to stick, though. But yeah. even if you like him, you're probably going to get an okay-ish price, right? So, there's there's a lot to like. I mean, a whole lot to like about this race uh,
1: as far as betting goes. All right, that's enough Saudi Cup talk. Let's uh, head over to Oakland, home of the fabulous turf racing in Arkansas. Uh, we got late pick five to cover, including the Grade Two Rebel Stakes. <laughs> off here with the $150,000 carousel stakes going six furlongs on the turf field of nine headed postward. And uh, when I look through this to me, this was one of those where I was either going to go with the seven or the eight. And I I went back and forth quite a bit here. I know you landed. You 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 and I are quite different here. We'll just put it that way. Where did you end up on top?
0: Yeah, this is going to be a very tough race here. I put the eight Zeet loss on top in this spot for Steve Aspurson. Uh Listen, I think uh, when you look at Aspuson, he's got Gaflione riding a bunch here. He is one of the top jockeys that actually stayed. So I went with the eight on top. Uh, I went with the favorite in this spot here. We're on two races in a row. Last time out at Oakland looked pretty sharp. But, you know, yeah, we're moving up. We'll see what happens. But I think the eight is a must play for me. I put him on top. Her, I guess, on top, I should say.
1: I So this is... I don't think the seven or the eight loses. I think it's one of the two. And I went back and forth on which one did put on top. And I knew I was going to single this race pretty much from the jump, just because I saw those two horses as kind of the two clear horses in this spot. And I wanted to be able to spread later. Cause I think some of those favorites are a little bit more vulnerable and I like some prices around them a little bit more. This was kind of similar to the rebel in a way where it's like, if it's not one of those two, who is it? And I struggled with that question. Um, so I ended up singling mucho macho girl here Ooh. in this spot. I, I love the progression that we've seen from her uh, since she started running late in her three-year-old season into her four-year-old season. Uh, bred beautifully. It's a mucho macho man out of a tap at mare and started to really deliver the last two. There's a bunch of question marks here, right? So what's the pace going to look like? Where is she going to sit? Definitely two of the bigger question marks. And then the jump up in class. That's, that's the real big one here. It's the first time she's facing stakes Company. Last two were fairgrounds. Now she's shipping to Oakland. What will she make with the track? But I think that, if she's able to improve off those last two starts, that she is as good as anybody in this race. And to me, the the eight horse, is really the only one I'm all that afraid of. And I think she's got the jump on Zolito's. I don't think there's a ton of speed in here. I think you're going to see the four backyard money go to the lead, but I think the seven mucho macho girl sits a pretty nice trip right outside of her. And if that's the case and mucho macho girl can get to the front, I'm going to hope that that she can hold off Zolito's here.
0: Yeah, I use the seven as well. I, I, I did not single, obviously, but I did use the seven. Two really good races in a row, and you pointed it out. Should have the pace advantage in this spot over the eight. I, I do agree with that. I'm a little concerned about singling Dallas Stewart. That's kind of where my, my pushback Fair. for you would be there. Yeah, um, but look, this horse has proven to be pretty darn good. It's a good spot. It's a very logical spot, so I'm with you. The seven is one i used as well so uh but yeah single man this you're gonna you're gonna know pretty quick
1: whether you can turn off oakland for the day or not well i we're not gonna lie here that was part of the goal right we'll know right <laughs> away whether or not we gotta watch the next four actually well i i'm excited about watching the next three races the last one i think leaves a little bit to be desired but we'll we'll get there eventually now you ended up going four deep here uh the horse that you have so i i was seven eight those are my top two horses so i i agree with you on the eight is the next horse there we're a little we're flipped there the the One of the horses that you use would have been on my ticket. That's the three, let's be clear. You ended up four deep in this race. Was it the one or the three that you had in third?
0: I actually have the one in third. I I kind of like this horse uh, on the rail here for Diodoro. What is Adeline Julia? Uh, This is a horse that, you know, ran in the mud last time out in a stakes race. I think it back on the fast track is going to help this horse. A lot of it for me when it's Diodoro on a big day at Oakland with a price I don't leave them off because I've been beaten so many times by this guy with stupid horses that didn't really make a lot of sense, but it just seems like on the big days at tracks like Oakland, Diodoro's around. Um, Torres is going to ride here. You know, he usually does ride for him. Listen, I think the one makes a ton of sense in this spot from the connection standpoint. Um, Yeah, you do look at the form. You go, well, she's going to have to improve a little bit. It's kind of the specialty of (laughs) Diodoro to get him to improve. Uh, So I think it's going to happen here. I had the one uh for for the connections and then the three let's be clear i can totally see why you like this horse i think if there is a pace meltdown the three is the clear horse to pick in this spot two races back came from way out of it and got the job done and then last time out you know ran okay got beat by five and three quarters just maybe got a little too far behind but still made that move and she's gonna make that move every time so that's kind of why i threw the one and three in there as prices
1: around the seven and the eight now the the three. Let's be clear. Last two races in the slop that concern you at all. It looks like we're actually going to have a fast track here on Saturday.
0: Yeah, finally going to have a fast track at Oaklawn. Um, no, it doesn't because she does have some fast dirt wins on that uh, resume as well. Um, so no, it doesn't really bother me all that much. She seems to be pretty consistent no matter what kind of surface track, etc. She usually shows up. So. And that's a big thing that's going to be a theme, I think, throughout, though. Sloppy track the last two times, pretty much at Oakland for everybody that ran. And now we're actually going to get it's going <laughs> to believe it or not, it's going to be 70 degrees and the yep. sun going to be out and the track is going to be dry. I,
1: I actually checked the weather for this weekend just to see because like, it's supposed to be sunny today, sunny yep. tomorrow. Like this is going to be a fast Oakland track, something we haven't seen in a while on these big days. It's, it's nuts. In February, this is like so rare. It's unbelievable. Now I got I got one horse. So if I had gone, so if I had decided to single the last race, which was the race I almost singled instead, I would have been three deep here and I would have used the seven. I would have left the eight off because of my general style. I don't want to use the two favorites, especially when they're that short of prices. The yeah. three would have been on the ticket. The five horse Sarah Harper would have been on the, the ticket as well. Thirty to one here, second off a layoff. Am I crazy to think she's got a shot? Nope. You're not crazy at all. Uh, we've seen her kind of
0: run big races against similar type of company before. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be shocked if she runs a big one. And look, Ron Moquette for very, very different than usual. He has been cold at Oakland Park. That's not going to last. This is his home track. He's going to heat up. He's won with this horse before, like I said, second off the layoff. We're getting Ramon Vasquez back today. I don't think the source is going off at 30 to one, but you know, I, I don't think she's impossible you see Moquette win with horses like this, right? Yep. I didn't use her. You didn't use her. If she wins a race, there's going to be a text message between the two of us going, we knew it. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of expletives. Uh, and, and it's interesting yeah. because if you look through her form and this is well, kind of why she's 30 to one, right? Last race in the slop wasn't great three races before that all on turf. And then you go back to the Oakland form and you're like, wait a second, like the poinsettia that fits that, that runs right with the rest of this field. And she's 30 to one. And you can make pretty good excuses as to why to get back to that point. I think the big question is, is she still that horse? Right. And the workouts aren't great. And you're going back over a year. Like that to me is the biggest question with her.
0: Yeah. And I don't know the answer to it. Uh, the one thing I will say you know, we've seen Moquette win with older horses. I mean, Whitmore always comes to mind, you know, yeah. and it, it does kind of seem like at times it might take a race or two to kind of get them back in their top form. So there are, are reasons to think she's going to improve. How much improvement? Will it be enough improvement? I'm, I'm not sure about that.
1: Yeah. So we'll uh, interesting start to the, uh, to the pick five here. I'm singling the seven mucho macho girl, Aaron going four deep with the two, <laughs> or, I'm sorry, the one, the three the seven and the eight let's head over to race. Number nine, the honeybee stakes, $400,000 purse for Phillies grade three here. Phillies, three-year-old Phillies, actually grade three, uh, going a mile in the 16th on this course. We've got the short finish line and play here at Oakland. Aaron, we'll kick it off with you. Who'd you put on top here? Uh, I'm
0: going to go West Omaha on top. Uh, I,
1: I just feel like she's, she's just a little bit better than the rest of this
0: field. To be honest, I, I thought the race last time out at fairgrounds, she really showed us who she was. I thought that was an excellent, uh, start. We scratched out of that fairgrounds race last week to come run in this one. And it to me, it, it looks like a very, very good uh, choice. I, I feel like she is pretty solid in this race compared to how she would have looked in the last uh, race last week. So I'm going to go uh, with West Omaha on top. I think she makes a ton of sense.
1: Yeah, I, I put her on top as well. Do you put anything into the fact that Cox had three in that race and that he wanted to leave Alpine Princess and Tarafa, your eventual winner of that race? in there and thought the West home was the best of three and center here. Cause that's kind of the thinking that I came up with when I went through this.
0: Yeah, I think that does make sense. I think logically that makes sense. Although, you know, when you go to the, the male side of things, the Colts, he, he did a really weird thing, taking an Oakland winner and an Oakland based source to the risen star for a third of the purse when he would have been six to five for the rebel that we'll talk about later for a million and a million point two five, but that's for another discussion, I guess. But yeah it could definitely be what you just said um my only like kind of pause is she's a bit inconsistent and that's why i didn't want to go like all or nothing with her there's you know her race two back at fairgrounds really wasn't very good and it could happen again
1: yeah i I liked her that day in the untappable and i was pretty disappointed Mm -hmm. with the effort there she looked great next out but Not really sure who she beat in that race. And this one definitely came back a little bit tougher here. Uh, We both ended up four deep. We both used the same four horses. We both put the six on top here. I went a little off the board. I put the four, Neon Beach in second year, Steve Ashton in Omaha Beach, Philly. Uh, Hammer dropped $210,000 for Giant Causeway, Mare. I really liked the race two back. I thought she ran better in the year's end than it actually looked. I kind of threw out the Martha Washington in a way for a lot of these horses, like no interest in band of gold. We'll get to that one in a second. Um, To me, Noah Beach kind of ran the best of that race and just kind of got unlucky to not be able to win. Did you have the four in second as well? Uh,
0: yes, I put the four in second and I almost picked the four to win. And you kind of said everything that needs to be said about it. I, I'm 100% with you on this. Uh, I, I really like the four uh, in this spot, Neon Beach. And it was just a situation last time out, it was an oddly ran race, uh, but she still did okay. I like the source quite a bit. I I think this is one at eight to one that makes a ton of sense. I think she can be an upsetter. She can start to juice up the sequence. So yeah, I did have the four in second. I like it. Who would you have in third? Uh, The third, I did put the two band of gold in third. Uh, Listen, it was a pretty good race last time out. I know it was in the slop, but you kind of look at this field. There seems to be a lot of pace on paper. I do think the two can come closing. So I, I used the two on the ticket too. I had her in third.
1: Yeah, I I misspoke. I went three deep here. I didn't use the two. And for the main reason, the price. That to me was the biggest thing. Uh, Last time out, Band of Gold wins at 24 to 1. That was the wedding. Now we're two to one on the morning line. (laughs) Kind of feels like the funeral version of it. Um, And you mentioned that race set up like perfectly for her as well. Now, she looked good winning. So I don't want to take too much away from her in that sense. But it was a monster jump up over to the slop. Do you have some concern that the slop was the reason she moved forward? Or do you think that you're going to get a similar effort?
0: A thousand percent, I think it was a slop. Yeah, I, I think that was a the, the big part of it. And I was kind of ready to go against her until, I don't know, the more I looked at this, I thought, boy, there's a lot of speed in this race. And one thing we know about Peak horses, they're going to just, most of them, 90% of them are just going to drop it out, drop out of it and then make one run. Right. I mean, that's kind of the strategy with, with his horses. So when you think about that, you think, okay, well, if it does melt down, Yeah. Who's going to win it? Probably the two. So, yeah, I, you know, I did debate throwing her out. She's kind of kind of the one that's like, yeah, it doesn't make sense to try to beat a little bit of a shorter price there. But, you know, end of the day, I do think there is a world where she can win it.
1: And we both used the one Ally's Beach here. Uh, for me, this was really just a comeback play for Tom Amos. Mm-hmm. This is a horse who I thought was really good last year. Looked great on debut winning at Saratoga. Uh, it was uh, Just didn't run very well in the spinaway. If you go back and looked at it, she lost a lot of ground midway through that race and then kind of came running up. Not really sure what she was doing on the lead in the Alcibiades. I thought that was interesting. Um, but now we're coming back here at Oakland. And I like the fact that we're jumping right into the Honeybee, that we're not running a prep first. It tells you that Ally's Beach, probably ready to roll up, Roo takes them out for Amos. You use this one as well. Uh, what did you like about Ally's Beach? Uh,
0: yeah, you said it. Uh, I, I liked this horse last year. I thought she was pretty good. I gave her a halfway chance in, the, in that uh, Alcibiades. And... You know, she ran okay. She just got beat by a better horse that day. But you know I think this is a really good spot. This I think it's it's a it's a spot that makes sense. So uh, yeah, I I thought she had a, a really nice shot off the comeback. You kind of look at how she's been training, pretty steady. You know, three three uh, workouts back had a bullet out of eighty four. Two workouts back a four out of thirty four. So she's sharpened up and ready. And she's another one. And I totally agree. I don't know why we're on the lead in the Alcibiades. If we can sit where we sat two back and three back and kind of let the speed go and just kind of tuck in. Why can't this horse close in and win it?
1: Yeah, I I feel like the 10 to one morning line is a pipe dream as well. I I don't think that we end up seeing anywhere near 10 to one, probably somewhere four or five to one, somewhere in that range. We mentioned last race, Sarah Harper, 30 to one at a bomb. If there was a bomb here since we're taking all horses that you know Alley's Beach 10 to 1 but probably not going to be. If you take someone in the double digits, who who wouldn't surprise you or shock you if they win the race?
0: Oh, it's got to be Deodoro with Honor yeah. Cat, right? What if yeah. a- <laughs> Honor Cat just galloping down the center of the track? Uh I could totally see it. Uh last time out broke the maiden right here at Oaklawn and and did it pretty easily. So I mean, I don't think this horse is going to win, but I would not be shocked. uh, If I left this one off, I would be very, very upset. If she wins, I left it off. I'd be upset, I mean,
1: I would go with the other Diodoro, the 10 midshipman's dance. Who's looked good coming from off the pace of six furlongs now stretches out to two turns for the first time. But I wouldn't be shocked if it's the three either. It feels like if there's an upset, it's going to be Diodoro who's behind it.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, and again, I can't stress enough on these big days. It, he'll, he'll lose with a favorite and then he'll win with one of these 10 to 12 to one shots. And you'll be like, Oh, I hate this guy.
1: Yeah. It is interesting to see their West Omaha uh, gets Christian Torres, the services, one of the better jockeys there at Oaklawn. last road, both of the Diodoros, ends up on West Omaha, but that's not a surprise. I mean, clearly she is the class of the field. That's where anyone would like to end up. Had they been offered the ride.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about that much. And like I said, Cox did a smart thing there. Most of the jockeys are in Saudi. So lock up Torres. He's been fantastic. That was smart.
1: All right. Let's jump over to the 10th race here. We've got the $600,000 Razorback handicap, four-year-olds and up grade three, another mile and 16th race on the dirt. I thought this one was, was difficult to say the least. <laughs> Aaron, who'd you put on top here?
0: Yeah, this is a mess. Uh, first of all, the, the four ain't Life Grand is going to scratch out of this race. I can confirm that. Um, uh, it's a situation where they're, they're going to run an allowance uh, the next day. They didn't think that allowance was going to actually fill, so that's why they entered the Razorback. They always wanted to go to allowance. He's coming off of the layoff. So with him out, it does uh, become just really tricky, and, and there's just so many ways you can go for this race. So many different horses kind of look the same man, I, I debated, I went number five octane on top. I don't absolutely love it, <laughs> obviously, but you know, we're coming in here. We ran pretty well last time out. I, I kind of think this horse, they're just going to try to get him towards the front and I think he will kind of keep running and stay on. So I went with the five on top. I almost also went with the eight magic tap. Those were the two I was between, so obviously I'm going to use them both. I went five, eight here with magic tap. It was, it was just kind of a, well, he, you know, he ran pretty well last time out. We're getting the serious quote unquote, serious jockey aboard with Gaff Leone. Maybe he's ready for a big effort, but this is kind of a mess.
1: It is kind of a mess. I, I did not use the five uh, at all. Last, uh, last race in stakes company and the, the other stakes race where he's been really competitive was restricted company. When he's been an open company, he's uh he's struggled a little bit and I didn't love the price, um alvarado is a pretty good traded stakes race he's got a four dollar and 44 cent roi i did put the eight magic tap on top uh this is one where they, they, they thought highly of this horse in the three-year-old season saw him in the pennsylvania derby ran decent to saudi crown there last race i thought was pretty impressive first off the bench now they go to gaff leon here second off the bench has tactical speed which i think is a benefit here If there's a ton of speed in this race or the horse multiple horses that want the front i think that you're going to see a nice trip here for magical tap sitting just off it Now, we agreed on two horses in here, uh, and we we both ended up four deep. We both had the three speed bias on the ticket. He was the last horse in for me. Do you want to talk about three speed bias? Oh, boy. This horse right here. (laughs) It's a mess, man.
0: (laughs) He is a – you said it. He finds ways to lose races where he looks like he is home or he's going to get there or however you want to describe it. This horse – add up all of the the links he's lost by in some of these close races, he's like two links away from being a big time horse. So definitely a millionaire type of horse, you know, he's can't finish the job, but my God, you look at this race. And it's like, how does he lose? Well, he lost to a couple of these horses last time in an allowance where he was three to five. So one of these races, he's going to win because it's like, it's like the luck of the draw. Like he's losing by a head, by a neck, by a nose, it's like one of these days, it, it, the wire is just going to come where his nose is down, right? It has to. So I threw him on there against my better judgment.
1: Yeah, you have to. You, you, eventually, he will win, but you don't love the one for 10 that he is uh, <laughs> last year and then the 0 for 1 so far this year. Was, like you said, 3 to 5 last time out against some of these horses. Should be definitely part of the early pace. We'll see if he's able to go gate to wire in there. Uh, my second horse, my other must-use here, the one horse sees the night. I was surprised you didn't include this one. Um, we uh, this is this is kind of that same theory here, where we get second out as a five-year-old. The horse ran well last time out, and I think this horse just likes the fast dirt much more than he likes the the off tur- off dirt, sloppy last time, muddy two times ago. Now we're back to faster at four for nine in his career over a fast surface 0 for five with the second and a third. However, those races came more recently. So it makes me feel like this horse is consistently improving and now we get too faster and we're going to see the best effort that we're going to see from seize the night. I think the pace sets up beautifully for this horse should sit a really nice ground saving trip on both turns. Um, so I, I put seize the night on at six to one. You didn't, you didn't use the one, huh?
0: No, I did not use the one. Um, don't hate it, but I uh, did not use the one in this spot. I don't know. This is such an odd race that horses like Seize the Night and Magic Tap and Octane, all these horses we've talked about, Speed Bias can actually win it. You wouldn't think a six hundred thousand dollar race we would be talking about these horses and make logical cases for, but you can, right? Yeah. So, you know, in one regard, I'm going to go. I just don't think this horse is good enough to win a Grade Three race like this. But in the, in the next regard, and you do have to kind of pause a little bit, you go. Well, this race sucks. So you, you know, yeah,
1: he is good enough to win a sucky stakes race. I mean, when was the last time we had a handicap that was for this much money, and no horse was carrying 120? none of them were carrying 120 pounds. Like it's crazy to think about that. It's it really is an
0: embarrassing card in a lot of ways. As much as I hate to say that about a track that I love, and I'm going to drive four and a half hours to be at. Um, but it's these horses just aren't they aren't very good. And listen, ain't life grand is, is the morning line favorite in the race, right? And and he's an Iowa. And again, I love ain't life grand. He's my favorite horse. He's an Iowa bred, coming off a 231 day layoff. His trainer hasn't won any races at Oakland this year. And the last time we saw him, he got beat by giant game. And he's the favorite in this race. So it shows you the, the morning line maker was like, I have no idea what to do here.
1: Yeah, and I, I have no idea what these horses are going to go off at. I think the 8 will go off as the favorite. Outside of that, I'm not yeah. sure kind of where all of these odds end up falling. Uh, fourth horse on for me here, the 11 notary. Uh, I like the last two races, and this horse likes to win, and that's something you can't say about a lot of these horses. He's yeah. 8 for 34 lifetime. Uh, last In 2023, he was 5 for 10. He's 1 for, one for 2 this year with a second as well. I thought the last race was really good. This is a horse who's been successful on the slop, who's been successful on the fast track, so not too worried about that, and just been consistently improving since bar- switching barns. So I'm, I'm hoping we can take another step forward here with Notary, who was 10 to 1. The other horse I looked at was the uh, Donny Von Hemel horse here. Ballsy on the outside. It, it, am I it, Should I be playing this horse? You're, you're the Von Hemel expert here. Does the 13 have a shot? I don't think so. No? Okay.
0: They I haven't told you. me anything good about him, so... <laughs> Well, that, all right. You know, so now that is Donnie's horse, not Kelly's. And so, you know, sometimes I don't hear everything about Donnie's horses, but I, I mean, I, I think you're okay. I think you're all right.
1: Okay. Now that was the one horse I was worried about. So I'm gonna end up four deep here. I'm going one, three, eight, eleven. Aaron going four deep as well. He's going two, three, five, eight. All right. It's time. Excited to talk about this race. We'll probably not be as excited to watch it, uh, but we got uh, the Grade Two. 1.25 million dollar rebel stakes feature on the card got a bunch of Kentucky Derby points on the line. Big Talk's going to be your Timberlake. I did not use Timberlake. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. So you're you're lukewarm at best. So who do you have on top?
0: I have Timberlake on top. Okay.
1: <laughs> so so I'm a little crazy then.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think so.
1: Okay. So why do you like Timberlake? Because there isn't anything else to like. Okay. I mean, that's (laughs) fair. That's fair. I I like this. I wasn't a big fan of Timberlake when he won the champagne. Um, wasn't a big fan of Timberlake when he won at Ellis didn't use Timberlake in the hopeful. So for me, this is a horse I've kind of faded for a while. Um, are we sure the breeders cup juvenile was any good? Like that's the next question that comes up. And is this horse just going to be bet because of that race?
0: Well, I, he's going to be bet because of the champagne in that race. And he's also going to be bet because there, the, this is at least going in. It's got to be one of the worst. It is the worst rebel I've ever seen. Like, I'll just say that. And again, going in, maybe something crazy will happen and, and a horse will blossom, but what is there to see? What is there to beat? That's just it. Like I, I'm not, I'm a bigger fan of Timberlake than you are, obviously. Yeah. But if, like, Mooth was here, there's yeah. no way I, Timberlake would even be on my ticket, right? Like, if, uh, if Sierra Leone was here, if, uh, you know, honestly, I would probably put Hall of Fame over Timberlake, you know, like there are horses, a lot of horses that I would rather play than him, but you just look through this field and it's like, th- this is garbage.
1: Yeah, it's it's quantity over quality in this year's rebel. <laughs> Since we yeah, do have thirteen, they're supposed to be at a postword. Makes it for an interesting sequence here. Um, I, I'm gonna make some people happy in the chat. Okay, I put the one horse Carbone on top. <laughs> I, I think this is just a, a wild overreaction to what we saw last time, where this horse tried to press the pace and just completely collapsed in a race that, in my mind, completely collapsed. And now we get this horse back on the rail, fifteen to one for Asperson. I think Carbone is as good a shot as anybody in here, and we're getting a 15-to-1 price. I'm willing to take a little bit of a shot on top.
0: I don't hate that at all. Um, I don't think he's going to win because I don't have him on the ticket. I'll (laughs) say that. I don't think it's the worst thing. If he's 9-to-5 to to win the Southwest, you draw a line through it and go, okay, well, he can win this one. Here's what I hated about him. Yeah, I mean, he definitely had an excuse because he got into a pace tool with a stablemate, brilliant job, yeah, by the way, move. to get here. you know, anyway, if I could get into that, I hated that he just completely fell off the map. Like I would have loved if he did at least kind of ran on and maybe get beat eight or nine, but to get beat 21 and three quarters, it kind of showed me. It's like, yeah, he's not great. So he didn't really want to go that distance, maybe. I, the other problem I had with him, it's like God. It seems like there's a lot of speed in this race too.
1: You know? Yeah that that is my biggest concern with with putting him on top is that it's a speed issue. Now I'm hoping that because he drew the rail, that actually gives him an advantage over the rest of the speed. And we see one of those classic situations where everyone sees a ton of speed on the paper. On paper, the one who has no choice but to go goes, and then you have. A couple horses who decide, hey, we want to be close, but we don't want to press it too much. And then all of a sudden, they're two and three wide in the turn. And Carbone has a clear length lead when we get to the top of the back stretch and can slow it down a little bit. We'll see if it actually plays out that way. But that's the the mental image of this race I put in my head when I was picking this horse on top.
0: No, that's fair. We talked about it on a couple of shows today. And it's like if I if I'm a Castillo, just send is absolutely as hard as you can and get his position because that's the only way you're going to win. You've got yep. to get position. You got to get the lead and if he gets out there and he gets brave. It, it's not impossible that he's pretty good and he'll go win that race. You know, I, I thought he could do it last time. <laughs> Obviously that was a really no, good call. It didn't work but... out so well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't at all, but oh, well, <laughs> you
1: know, <laughs> uh, I did put the 11, um, just steal on in second here, uh, I'm pretty lukewarm about this opinion, but I uh, like again. I didn't. I went four deep. I don't love anybody in here. I took some shots with prices outside of uh, outside of the eleven. But I thought Just Steel ran pretty well last time in the Southwest. Was close to that pace. Ended up running second. Beat everybody except for Mystic Dan, who I I mean I don't think is very good. But this field is not very good either. Uh, we know that Dwayne likes to run in a, a bunch of races. We've seen this run, horse run a bunch. one a stakes at Churchill. Um, that was at six furlongs. I thought the Smarty Jones or wasn't a bad race. I like catching Freedom. So for me, that at least is a positive here for Just Steel. Um, yeah, I put the eleven in second. Did you use the eleven? I didn't. <laughs> I just love this race for us. <laughs> I just couldn't.
0: Oh, it's it's like I said. It's one of the all time worst. Um... You know, he's not very good. Uh, he's really not. I mean, he's saw, he tries, right? And that's yep. a good thing about him. But it, it, he kind of looks to me like one of those horses that it, somebody will beat him. You know, somebody will get him every time. I will say this for him. It, he's got to be a tough horse as much as he runs. And he's pretty consistent, you know, m- minus a couple there at the end of his uh, uh, two-year-old year, middle of his two-year-old year. He's pretty consistent. I think he'll round the corner with a chance. I don't think he'll be able to hold him off. So I know I left him up. I also think, and I'll see if you agree with this or not. He's going to be the one everybody gravitates to first after Timberlake. Like he's a clear second. I'm afraid he's going to take too much money.
1: I, i think timberlake's gonna be like three to five like i think timberlake's gonna take all the money in this spot three to five is probably aggressive we'll call it four to five even money somewhere around there which is yeah. ridiculous in a 13 horse field for a horse that has not started since november and there's to me a bunch of question marks about it. It's the reason why i'm not using timberlake here it's one of those like do i want to use the favorite defensively in a 13 horse field well, i think he's gonna be way over bet no then that's that's why i'm off him it sounds like you're kind of feeling the same way with just steel where it's like hey do i want to have timberlake and then the second choice, and if, field of 13 horses where i think he's going to be way over bet and the answer to that is no as well
0: yeah exactly i see i went three deep and i said okay you're using timberlake or just steel you're not using both of them right i'm just not going to do it i have a single in the last leg so i was like all right I, i can get kind of creative and i i just i trust timberlake more than i trust just steel um so i i used him and then i used the two and the six as my other two i i think uh dymatic out of all the ask since he gets Gaflione, the sixth horse, I, I just feel like, okay, they must think this horse is, you know, getting better is yep. the one that kind of our best chance, so to speak. So I used him and then I used McPeak at, at, with Northern Flame, the two, just because you know good race last time out, maybe the horse is getting a little bit better as well. So. Two, six, seven, and hate
1: all three of them. (laughs) I use the six-diamatic as well. Uh, I don't hate this one. I think this one makes a lot of sense, logically. Eight to one, decent price. Going to be interesting to see what this horse goes off at. I thought this might be the one that took money out of everybody because it is Gaflione. It is Asmussen. Uh, Clearly, they believe this horse is going to take a step forward in this spot. One uh, broke its maiden last time out over the slop. I mean, I think the horse wants a slop. I think the horse pretty much wants any surface, though. It's a gun runner out of a tap at mare. So really well bred here. Uh, Homebred for Winchell uh, Thoroughbreds. I, I think the six run's pretty big. I think it's interesting we're adding blinkers, a move that Asperson's 15% for. So we'll see if that's able to help. Also gets to drop four pounds from that maiden special weight win. So we'll see if that makes a difference. Um, but you're really betting on the come here with Dymatic. And, and hoping we get that 8-to-1 price and it doesn't fall too short. I went all the way to the outside, and I went to a little bit of a crazy one here. Time for truth. The thirteen Marquette. We got Bayurano up. I'm wondering if Carbone doesn't go to the lead, if the thirteen can take him gate to wire, and that's yep. the, the the entire reason I'm playing this horse. I thought both of the two sprint races were very good. Uh, was in a stakes race last time, lost to Valentine Candy, but I thought ran well in that spot. Um, and, and you mentioned with the one how with Carbone, how you didn't like that the horse quit. This horse got beat and just absolutely fought after that and was able to hold off everybody else in that race. I don't know if we can stalk, which is, you know, why with the horse 15 to one, because if this horse was able to stalk and pounce, I think that that time for truth would be pretty dangerous in this spot. We'll see what happens from a pace perspective and where this horse sits on the first turn is going to tell you whether or not he's in it. But I'm going four deep here. I'm trying to beat Timberlake. I'm going to use kind of what I consider a little bit crazy of a price in the horse all the way outside in time for truth.
0: Yep. No, I don't hate it. Uh, definitely. You look at the breeding for this horse, Omaha beach out of a looking at lucky mare. So, I mean, it's, it's weird that take, you know, the horse hasn't went uh, two turns yet, but have kind of an old school, uh, kind of thing going two sprints to a route. I mean, that is something that, you know, a lot of solid trainers will tell you uh, to do. So it could be ready for a big race. I hate the draw. Uh, yeah. but listen, like you said, if he, blows out of there and gets to the lead the draw all of a sudden becomes no problem because you're on the rail <laughs> you yeah, know this, in
1: front this is a horse that has gone 22 45 in both of his races right and the one horse has gone 23 and 2, 47 and four right so like mm-hmm. if you're looking at the two for pace the 13 can get there if he wants to now the question is can he slow it down but if the 13 crosses on the one i would assume we're going to see a pretty slow second quarter because there's really no one else that's going to press the 13 if he's going out that fast except the one
0: Yep. No, you're right. And I it could kind of get out there and control, uh, control the narrative a little bit. And, you know, Bayorano, he's very capable. He he's not going to cost this horse. I wouldn't think I better not say that because they all could (laughs) cost a horse every race when they break. You never know. But, uh, you know, I don't, I trust him to kind of do the right thing uh, by the horse here. So listen, I, I think with Moquette, like I said earlier, he's been cold, but I wouldn't let that bother you too much. You know, he can have hot streaks, and this is a horse that, like you said, he's pretty good. He got beat by a seasoned stakes winner last time out, but he's got talent. I I would have loved to see him, you know, maybe stretch out in an allowance and then be in this spot, but it is what it is, right? It's time to run, and they're going to take a shot with him.
1: Now, you you mentioned you use the two Northern Flame as well. It's the horse that I looked at. It's another speed horse, probably projects to be right there with the one of the 13 is one of the horses that wants to be forwardly placed. One last time, $100,000 optional N2L. That was first time Lasix. We're losing those because we're back in the stakes race. Where do you want this horse to sit? That was one of my biggest concerns with playing this horse because gate to wire last time. If you go back and go through, the other win was also gate to wire at Churchill. His uh, past horses, but doesn't pass horses and win. Now did lose to Carbone, did lose to Timberlake, two horses that I think we both think are, are at least decent or the top top tier in this race. What, what trip do you want for the two Northern Flame?
0: You, you tell me, I don't know. With, with these McPeak <laughs> horses, you don't ever know what they're going to do, right? You just throw them on the ticket and pray. That's what he does. He just throws them in the entry boxes and prays, right? I mean, look, I, I think you see what he did last time out, and you realize that's not happening in this spot. <laughs> and if it does, and he's on the lead, they're going really fast, and he's going to finish 80 links behind. So, to me, I, I look at the race two back where he was. He did make a nice close uh, from basically last, uh, you know, I don't want him to be, I want him to be somewhere between the two sitting like fifth or sixth and maybe try to get first run. It, it makes me feel not really confident, but it makes me feel okay that he has like dropped out of it and passed horses before. Like he isn't a need the lead type. Um, but yeah, I, I think kind of just take back, make a run from mid pack is probably the, the best bet for him.
1: It's uh, I, I can tell by your tone of voice how enthusiastic you are about this rebel after doing this with you for years.
0: I mean, it's just awful. And, and here it is, the second biggest race at my home track. And it's just like, I don't, uh, to be honest, like I'm more excited for Sunday than Saturday. <laughs> so it's not good.
1: How many horses out of this field end up in the Kentucky Derby?
0: Well, it's a tough question because the winner of this race is going to get fifty points.
1: Yeah, one is is would be the easy answer. And if I set it at one and a half, are you taking the over?
0: Yeah, because just steals here, and I think if he's got four legs, he's going to be in the Derby. They're going to find a way, you know. Yeah, okay. So i I think it's I think it's two. I think it's whoever wins, and I think it's just steal. But the thing is, we've got a great shot from for for a horse to go from zero points to fifty, right? Yeah. Because yeah. if Timberlake doesn't show up and just deals, kind of what I speculate he is, he's just going to hit the board type. Well, one of these other eleven have to win, so much like <laughs> there's no way around it. So, I, I don't know who that horse is going to be. Hopefully, it's the six for both of us, I guess. But uh, yeah, but it, it, if that's the case, then you're going to have one that's it's a win and you're in race, right? Essentially, you know. So
1: it would be an interesting bet if they offered you uh, Asmussen and Cox versus the field in this spot. <laughs> Because that's about 50-50, depending, based on the way the prices are, and it'd be a, a, an interesting way to look at it. I would I would probably take the field, even though I picked two Aspusson horses. <laughs> I think
0: I would take the Aspusson-Cox, because you're you're getting a favorite, and you're getting – I think the six is live. Oh, well, you do too. You th- we both think the six is live. You think the one could bounce back. I mean – you, 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 in that bet, you're also getting Carbone, who was nine to five to win the last prep. So, you, when you look at it like that, you probably take Aspieson and Cox.
1: <laughs> I would, I'd see, it would be a good line, though. That would be an would interesting be one to put out there. Though. Yeah. Uh, Ron mentions here, we're going to use the four a little bit here. Uh, that's t- <laughs> t- Tasian pass for Peter Miller. Any interest in the four, who's a big number, 30 to one on the morning line.
0: I have no interest but don't let me talk you off of it because who else are you going to use? I mean you could listen. You could say I'm going to use a horse that's not in the race and I would say yeah, he's got a shot, you know, yeah. like if the four wins the race I'm not going to sit there and go, "Well, I'm just completely shocked." Like but I he wasn't for me. I I couldn't make a case for him.
1: It was pretty heavily bet last time out. Uh, it may have been the slop. We don't really know, although did win on a wet fast track at Santa Anita. Uh, another one that's probably going to be part of the pace. It's it's yeah, So I don't think Timberlake wins in a collapse. Is there any horse that if this thing just completely falls apart that you like?
0: Well, I think the six is the best answer for that. That's the logical one. Um, Maybe Maybe the the three common defense.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. The other McPeak. I mean, that wouldn't be that shocking.
0: Well, my only problem with that is the pace collapsed the last time he was in this race and he was 17 links behind. So yeah, it's like, what fair. the hell?
1: <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the other one that you could be like, well, maybe the five and you're like, well, wait a second. He was in that race too and finished 10th, lost by 27 lengths. So, uh, yeah, I would say the six, probably the, the most likely one. If we do see an absolute collapse. All right, let's jump to the 12th race. Final race here. Maiden special weight, three-year-olds going a mile of 16th, $120,000 purse, and this is going to be your most singled horse in the sequence, I have yeah. a feeling. Aaron, tell us about the number seven, Crushed It.
0: Yeah, Crushed It's going to be my single, and I'm sure. I don't know. You know, I don't know. They may single West Omaha. That's a thing. There's a lot of favorites you could single, but this could be the one for sure. Uh, listen, I, I definitely think the seven Crushed It's the horse to beat here. Uh, he's ran two races that are simply much better than anybody else that has started yet. So that's, you know, point number one, I do worry about the two a little bit. Give me a reason for asking somebody really hasn't been that good at either start. Then you look at the first time starters, right? You're okay. He's better than all the ones that have started in your opinion. First time starters, a Lucas horse is 30 to one that isn't working very good at all. And then the six at 20 to one for uh, PJ song, these works look really slow as well. I think the seven is really logical. I think the seven gets out in front and takes some gate to wire here. My only worry is the race, especially last time out. You can't lose that. You You really can't can't lose that race. That's, that's the, okay. okay, On debut, you're going six furlongs. It's your first ever start. You get beat at neck. It's like, Hey, I get it. Ran really well. The second race. How do you lose it? So again, that could happen. But again, I, I, I just think this horse I just think he's better than the rest of this field.
1: Yeah. It was, they won by or lost by a neck in both those starts was at least six lengths ahead of third place. So clearly beat the rest of the field in both those Just just had someone who was able to come up and get them. Um Yeah, I, uh, I can't do it. I mean, I, I, I like the horse and to put Crush it on top. I can't single here though, just because there are two horses in here that I thought were at least interesting. And I'm going to go to the two horses on the rail. Give me the one horse Sicilian defense, Sherry DeVoe trains this one. Uh, If you watch the show, you know I like Sherry DeVoe quite a bit. The horse got bet some in the first start. Was in the 10 post at Gulfstream. It's not easy to win, going six furlongs from the 10 post in Gulfstream, first time out. I thought ran okay anyway, didn't break great, was able to make a move, got up to fifth. Things kind of faded a little bit. I think you're going to see a horse that's a lot better second time out. And this is an Uncle Mo out of Giants Causeway the distance should be a positive here for Sicilian defense. So I think you're going to see a better break and you're going to see Sicilian defense closer. We'll see if he can get up there and get the job done, but I'm not like overly excited. However, I like the one and the two. Give me a reason more than I like the horses that were, um, that were in the other races that I looked at for singles here. So I ended up going one, two, and seven in this spot. The two give me a reason. Steve Asmussen, first off, a long layoff. I thought the horse ran okay in both the first two starts. Has shown speed. Has been able to pass horses. We'll see what happens. I I just want to try and beat the seven in case the seven loses by a neck again. And just way over bet.
0: It does feel like the one is that horse that's going to beat the seven. Yeah, Yeah. Because it does seem in both the sevens' races kind of got out there and just was kind of waiting for somebody. And then once that somebody came, he started running again and try to get away from you. That's why I think you see those big margins back to the, the third place finisher. Yeah. The one, I like the one better than the two, honestly. And I think your points on Sharita hundred percent, right. And the stretch out is hundred percent, right. I think you should get better though. The kind of the flip side of it is, Source just did not do any running in that debut race. You know, yeah. uh, you would have loved to have seen maybe this horse run a little bit better, run on a little bit. However, that's why you're getting 10 to one. So, <laughs> you know, so I like it. Um, if I was going to go too deep, I would add the one.
1: The other horse I was a little interested in, uh, the 10 horse Thousand Springs, who has been awful in both starts. Yep. How is the first time this horse isn't going to be on the rail? And I wonder if the rail was the problem for Thousand Springs in both those. Um, it, it's a McPeak horse. You're getting the right price 12 to the one morning line. Brian Hernandez Jr. Fi- seems fit to ride. Did you look at the 10 at all? I, hate
0: the, I hate, would hate if the 10-1 ten, ten would totally just just be pissed off. because, But it is a McPeak special. Just didn't really do much. Nothing going on. Kind of look at it and go, well, probably needs to drop down. And here we are again in another main special weight. So I I did look at the horse. I just was like, yeah. I'll let the Tim beat me kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is one of those races where, because I think we both, I mean, you obviously single crushed it. I have crushed it on top. I didn't want to go too crazy here from a depth perspective and spend too much money in yeah. case of seven it is the horse that wins. All right, Aaron. Appreciate you joining me for a little Oakland here. Uh, let's run through the tickets here for everybody who's listening on the podcast. Uh, I'll kick it off here. I'm going to single the seven, then go one four six with one three eight eleven with one six eleven thirteen with two one two seven. That'll cost you seventy two dollars for fifty cents. Aaron, what do you got?
0: All right, I'm going to go one three seven eight with one two four six with two three five eight with two six seven, and then I'm going to single the seven in the last ninety six dollars.
1: All right, let's uh, quick fantasy league update. Who do you think's going to win that thing? Because <laughs> it's not a mess me right and now. not you. So, yeah, <laughs> I like just on the three year old crop because I've had a couple people like, hey, if you could bet one three year old to win it, who would you bet to win the Derby right now? I don't even know who I would possibly recommend, which is wild to be this far along in the trail. Look, Nysos is clearly the best three-year-old in the country. I, I like. I don't even want to hear the arguments against that one. Who do you think is like realistically someone you'd want to bet? Because I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to pick Sierra Leone to win the Derby. 100% will be not making that selection, Yeah, unless, it's just, unless it gets worse from where we are. But I don't think it will. I think there will be someone who catches my eye before then. Where are you sitting right now from this derby trail perspective?
0: No clue. Not, not, I can't, I'm with you. I, I can't, I have to do a derby video every week. And I literally said in this last video, this is a waste of time,
1: <laughs> but I'll have
0: to do it again next week. And it'll Wait, be a way waste to promote time the
1: derby videos there.
0: <laughs> There's just, well, I mean, because I'm honest and it's just like, what, what do you really want me to say? Like Sierra Leone, everybody thought that risen star going into it was this loaded race. And it looked really good. I wa- I like even watching it live. I thought this isn't very good.
1: Yeah. And then you watch
0: it again. It's like, that wasn't good. I do think Sierra Leone's going to get better because that's just kind of the progression you can see happen with them. The trainers done this before where they get progressively better leading up to the Derby. But the other flip side of it is he's a massive horse. Who's going to be 18th in the Derby and going to have to pass all the horses, either weaving it out of traffic, which doesn't look like that's going to happen, or he's going to be 15 wide on the last turn. Does it sound familiar? Does it sound like a horse I bet last year? Yeah, kind of does. Kind of sounds like yeah. he's not an idiot like Tabatrice, but he also is going to have that problem where he's a giant horse that's yeah. going to have to pass a bunch of horses. So you're right; it's like he's not exciting from a Derby perspective. I think he's a really good horse, though. Okay, well then, where are you going? You you do you want to bet Track Phantom after that? After I, setting I a turtle pace and finishing second.
1: That was that was as bad as anything to me. It was so damning that he was not able to win that race because it's like, look, man, you had everything your own way. And you mentioned, you know, Sierra Leone has to go wide. He went wide. He was like nine wide on that turn and he still was able to run him down. Uh, To me, the key with Sierra Leone, you've mentioned it's a big horse. And not an overly athletic horse, right? Mm -hmm. When you think about last year, Derby winner, very athletic, small horse who was able to weave in and out of trouble and beat Angel of Empire and beat Trap Tap and Trice Two Holes multiple times in that race. And that's what won the race for him. We're not going to see that same thing from Sierra Leone, who's going to have to kind of come swinging wide to the outside. It shows you how wide open this is, that right now your favorite is Doorknock at 10 to 1 fierceness 12 to one lock 12 to one crimson light 18 to one agate road 25 to one catching freedom 25 to one
0: oh, this is gross it's gross
1: <laughs> you want you want agate road at 25 to one aaron
0: no <laughs> i wouldn't want agate road at 325 to one and that i'm it, not exaggerating like I, I, I don't disagree with you that same love- if davis was puke and he still couldn't win <laughs> from there um Locked is a horse I'm still interested in. But it's probably because we haven't seen him yet. And when we see him, we'll probably go, he's not very good. Because that seems to be what's happening. I I think catching freedom is an interesting horse. But he also is green. He doesn't run straight. He still has that problem. He's going to come from way out of it, but not quite as far out of it as Sierra Leone. But we're talking about a horse that got the jump on Sierra Leone and still couldn't beat him. It's weird because like I have Sierra Leone ranked number one. Jared was like, Yeah, you got him number one. Tell us why. I was like, Well, who else? There's nobody else.
1: Yeah, where else who am I going to put? Back? Yeah, who else am I going to put there? Yeah. Um, am I crazy that I want World War back on on, uh, on dirt? First World War, yeah. Um, yeah, no, you're not crazy. I don't think he's going to be good enough, dude, but I don't think you're crazy to want to try it. I, I mean, I think I. Uh, his turf effort was as good as I've seen from anybody on the dirt so far, and I realize it's a turf effort and it's different. But if we could replicate it on the dirt, horse is legit. Well, but I don't disagree. My problem is they tried it and he couldn't beat yeah. freaking uh, Otello or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> that, race, that mucho macho man was so weird, though. Like that was, was just a weird race. I, I, I would love for them to come out back in the Fountain of Youth just to take a shot, just to yeah. see. We'll see if it actually happens or not.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, it's definitely. If I had a, a colt that had a pulse, I would and, and it was decent. I would try anything because it's there. It's there to be won, but I don't know. I just keep thinking every week. Okay, somebody is going to show us something, and I guess we did get it with Nisos. By the way, Nisos on my morning line would be like three to five right now against these horses. Like he looks way the best. And again, will he? How how well will he stretch out as they keep going? Who knows? But.
1: Yeah, that, that'll that be interesting. But yeah. to me, catching freedom, and I, I like I know Nick mentioned catching freedom down here. Yeah. I, I still am interested in catching freedom after that race because he was goofy in that stretch. He had not figured it out yet, and if he can take that step forward, I think he's still legitimate. 25 to 1 is too short. That, to me, was the issue. Like I, I would need like 50, 75 to 1, somewhere in that range if I was going to look at catching freedom seriously for a future ticket.
0: I like catching freedom quite a bit. I'm with you. But again... Do you want a green horse for the Derby? No,
1: well, you're answer... assuming he takes a step forward in the next two, right? Well, or, or that's one. just it,
0: and that's the big key. We got one more prep in it. Well, two in some cases, but one for most of the big ones. If he run, if he straight, like like Angel Vampire, for example, you know. He was kind of weird at first, and they got him really figured out. And so you saw it twice in a row, and then you're like, okay, win or lose, I'm comfortable that he's going to run a race and not do something stupid in the Derby. And he did, and he ran well, right? That's what you want to see. For I mean, if Catching Freedom is going to the right and going to the left again in his next race, well, you can have him for the Derby, you know? Yeah.
1: Going to be an interesting, uh, what, another three months until two, like a little over two months, I guess, until we actually run the Kentucky Derby here. I'm excited right now, which I know you're the opposite of it, but all this, I mean, I shouldn't say you're not excited. All this is just playing into a bomb. That's hopefully logical winning the Kentucky Derby right now to me. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm excited still because it's still, it's like,
0: we're just getting into it. It really has the way uh, trainers train these horses. Now it really doesn't matter till these last ones. They, they, the way they, they, point to certain things and they don't run these preps like they used to Those 100 point races are when it really starts anymore which is kind of sad for those of us who like the three-month progression but that's that's just not reality anymore
1: yeah well hopefully we'll find another mage in the rough here at some point so we can yeah. get a nice price home uh Aaron, i know you've been sending videos to sharp money did you send one in today
0: yes i did send one in today
1: what's your play of the day
0: are you ready for this yeah let's do it I'm on the blues tonight.
1: I, I actually play, I have the blues as they play it today as well, although not Ohio. the uh, not the play of the day. I, Don't I do you think, think they, they should tonight. be
0: favored tonight and they're not yeah, I
1: had them. I had the minus 120 in my numbers and they're minus one oh five last I saw. Mm-hmm. So I, I took that 15 cent edge and played it. I um I played Minnesota Lane three and a half against yeah. Ohio State tonight. I think Ohio State bounces off that win against Purdue.
0: Yeah, no, I like that one. Um I, I like I think Minnesota just a better team, you know, so that makes total sense to me. Um, I kind of liked Nashville tonight at plus one thirty in Los Angeles. That was another one I thought about.
1: I, I passed on that one, but I looked at it a while. I, yeah. I my big my big plus money tonight. Okay, laid the goal in the half with the Canucks plus one ninety five at Seattle. See? We've
0: been on the we've been. I had it wrote down. And I had it in the queue to bet, and I didn't do it.
1: Yeah, I. This is a bounce. Like we talked about, like the the bounce back spots a lot of times for horses. This yeah. is a bounce back spot for this Vancouver team, who's been phenomenal all year, leading the NHL in plus minus. Get to take on a Seattle team that's actually not that good at home. Nope. And you're getting a monster plus number because of the last three games for Vancouver.
0: Yep. Yep. I, I think at plus 195, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And I, like I said, it was one I had it wrote down, had it in the docket, and just didn't pull the trigger. Um, really, hockey is one of these sports. The final scores don't really reflect how well a team plays. You got to be careful because you look at that, that last game in Colorado, go, well, they got beat three to one to Colorado. Well, Colorado's very good, number one. And number two, if you watch the game, Vancouver dominated the game and got beat. So if they bring that game to Seattle, they're not losing tonight.
1: Uh, The game before that, they lost 10 to seven to the wild, but they were up five to two heading into the third period. And they gave up six goals in like five and a half minutes at one stretch, including multiple empty netters. Like that score is not exactly indicative of how that game went either.
0: No, that was the weirdest game I've ever watched in my life. They Vancouver was getting ready to run away with that. Well, they were, they, they had ran away with it. I don't know what happened. I can't explain that yeah. one. That's it's unexplainable. The wild team that doesn't score all that often either. <laughs> like I know that's it, the thing. Like if you told me who's going to score ten goals tonight, the wild would be like 30 on my other 30 list, you know,
1: <laughs> or at least 28th. I had three hat tricks in one game. Just- <laughs> Crazy stuff. I, I mean, I'm surprised there were any hats left for the third one that we had uh, that we got to see them thrown on the ice there when I think it was what Kirill scored the third. It was yep. the final hat trick mm-hmm. uh, with an empty netter with like 10 seconds left, something like that. And there were still hats raining down from that stance. <laughs> it's
0: crazy, <laughs> crazy. isn't it? Gotta love hockey, man. They don't run out of hats. Come on.
1: All right. That's going to be it for us here. Aaron heading to Oakland for the weekend. Make sure you're checking out the racing dudes Twitter feed for all the updates there. We've got action from Gulfstream Park sanity all over the country today or this weekend. Uh, And we got the Saudi Cup as well. That should be a fun one too. make sure you're checking out YouTube backslash racing dudes as well for video preps for all the stakes races. Aaron, you mentioned you've already have you guys already taped uh, tape blinkers off.
0: Yes. Blinkers off is done. Uh, that's in
1: the docket there. You can go check
0: that out. And by the way, one last thing, Husker Butch is running Sunday in the first race at Oakland. So go to the rebel stick around for Sunday. We'll get our picture taken if he wins big, if, but we will, but here's the good news. He got second last time out in the same type of race at Oakland. So we're, we at least have some hope that we can win this
1: race. We're four to one. So back in for a tag. Are you worried you will no longer be the owner of Husker Bush at the end of Sunday?
0: Worry would not be the right word. I am <laughs> yeah. excited that I might not be the owner of Husker Bush. <laughs>
1: Cautiously sorry. optimistic, you'll no longer be the owner of Husker Bush.
0: I was told that some people looked at him last time out when he was in for 20. And I think now that he's shown, hey, he can run at 20K K level, up. this could be it.
1: This could be it. Well, best of luck to you and Husker Butch on Sunday and everybody in the chat and listening to this over podcast form with all of your bets over the weekend. Uh, We'll be back on Monday to recap this wonderful day of racing from Oakland, as well as the Saudi Cup and everything else going on in the horse racing world. Aaron, thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure to have you on here. Uh, Anything else you want to plug before we take off?
0: Um, No, I'm good. I think we've done all the plugging we can do. Hey, Samich.
1: I love it. Hey, whoa, (laughs) whoa. All right, we're, we're out of here on that. The Magic Mike Show, where you
0: hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.